For shell egg producers like MPS Egg Farms, the COVID-19 pandemic has meant a struggle to meet demand, keep grocery shelves stocked, and make sure employees are kept safe. Welcome to Feedstuff's In Focus, our podcast taking a deeper look at the big issues in the livestock, poultry, grain, and feed industries. I'm your host, Andy Vance. Thanks for joining us. In this episode, Feedstuff's editor Sarah Muirhead talks with Sam Krause, Vice President of Business Development at MPS, to get his perspective on egg industry challenges brought about by COVID-19. The egg industry's move to cage-free production and how consumers responded in the marketplace when temporary egg shortages emerged are also a pretty big topic. This episode is sponsored by Hogslat and Georgia Poultry. New for 2020, the classic pullet feed pan. Built to handle the most aggressive birds, the classic pullet features an anti-rotation clip, feed shutoff slide, and a shallow divided pan. You can learn more at hogslat.com. With this week's conversation with Sam Krause, here's Feedstuff's editor, Sarah Muirhead. MPS Egg Farms is the nation's ninth largest shell egg producer, and we're going to talk with Sam about consumer food demand during the uncertain times of the last few months. Let's start by you telling us a bit about the operation. Gladly. Yeah, thanks, Sarah. And I'm actually happy to share that MPS has grown to be the eighth largest egg company in the country. Well, there you go. There you yeah, go. after Great. a recent acquisition of ours in Texas. Um, so we're the eighth largest, like I mentioned. We are headquartered in North Manchester, Indiana, uh, where my family has had one agricultural venture or another since 1875, or a sixth-generation family business there. Uh, started out with a water-powered grain mill, had the town general store, sold feed and ice and coal, um, a little bit of moonshine at one point in the family lore. Uh, and then my grandpa started an egg company in the 1960s uh, that has grown into what we are today. So. Uh, we have farms in Indiana, in Illinois, and now in Texas after our acquisition. We ship eggs from the East Coast and as far west as Denver to a variety of retail customers. So tell us a bit about yourself. You and your brother Dan recently came back to the operation, and now you've been you've been here for a couple years, but you're right in the middle of having to deal with the pandemic and what that means for the business. Yeah, so I'm back in the company for about four and a half years now, which is uh, an exciting time, certainly, to be part of the growth that we've been experiencing. The pandemic has provided some good times to cut our teeth as leaders in this industry and in our company helping to navigate through the, you know, the, the uncertainties of the market through all of this and keeping our people safe, you know, being leaders internally and externally uh, for the company and for our customers. So it's been a challenge, but it's definitely been a rewarding one where I think we've learned a lot coming out of it. How would you explain some of those challenges, just keeping up with the supply or just moving product or what are some of those things that you really had to deal with? Yeah, in the early days of the pandemic, we were seeing um, as much as 100, 120% growth in demand for a product that, of course, chickens lay one day, one egg a day. And so we were doing everything we could to keep up with that demand, um, sourcing eggs on the market. We were lucky, actually, uh, that the pandemic hit as we were building our inventories for Easter. So we happened to have enough eggs on hand at that time that we were able to absorb the initial rush of demand and then get things in place with overtime and, like I mentioned, sourcing eggs off the market to be able to keep up with that demand over time. So from a business perspective, that was a challenge, but one that we were able to manage through pretty effectively. But then it came to keeping our people safe, too you know, working those extra hours and making sure that our farms didn't go down from COVID and um, everybody stayed healthy was another challenge. So doing things like splitting up shift starts, breaking up break times, more disinfection, everything we could to keep people within the plants and within the operations safe uh, was another big priority. 
And thankfully, we haven't had the kind of spread of the disease on any of our farms that would cause enormous issues. Because you have a big, I mean, just to process those eggs through your operation, you have a lot of people that are involved in that process and they're somewhat close together, wouldn't you say? I mean, so that's when you're talking about having to kind of change that whole flow of things. That's true. Some of our farms have as many as 120 employees. Um, and our operations are split up between employees who work in barns tending to the chickens and then employees who work in the processing facilities where we grade and pack the eggs. Thankfully, our facilities aren't quite so dense that we have people working really shoulder to shoulder like you might have in some other operations. So I think that's one good thing that's limited the spread in any of our plants is that we don't have people working quite so close together that we've had issues of spread on the farms. You folks were also leaders in some of the cage-free free production of shell eggs. Mm-hmm. Where has that progressed? I know I was there 10 years ago and you were just kind of getting started on that. So where, where are you at? Today, we produce about 25% of our total production is cage-free. We've been growing in that market since about 2008. So we started and have been learning about it for some time. And we've been fortunate to grow pretty much in lockstep with consumer demand over that time. There are a lot of factors at play in the cage-free market, including some states' laws that make keeping up with the cage-free growth and cage-free demand a little bit challenging. But we've been fortunate to be able to learn about it, learn how to do it safely for the hens and for our people for quite some time. So it's something that we feel uh, proud about how far we've come in it. And we're always learning more, trying to do it better. Yeah, but but about 25% today. Did you see any shifts during the pandemic from people saying, okay, I used to care about cage-free eggs and now I really don't care, I just want eggs? Yeah, we saw exactly that. And, and it was almost the other way that people would normally say, I just want a conventional egg, but now I need any egg I can get. So I'll buy those $4 a dozen cage-free eggs. So yeah, we, we were selling more of every egg out there. What do you think overall is like the short-term and long-term effects of the pandemic on the industry in general or on your operation? You know, I know that for MPS, it, it really drove home the importance of adaptability and, and nimbleness. I'm sure it did for people across industry everywhere. But the way we were having to react to changing situations day in and day out and week by week, it made forecasting or really planning ahead challenging. So being able to adapt to situations and communicate effectively, both um, internally with all of our team members and with our management team, and then externally with our customers to make sure they knew you know, what our production situation was when they were getting product. It, it just drove home the importance of being great communicators and, and just how important the fundamentals of business really are. I think that's one of the things that we'll really take away from this for a long time. So really being transparent across the board to probably suppliers and consumers and, and anyone that's that wants to be assured that things are okay, right? Absolutely. Yeah, eggs being a natural product, it's not. we're not a widget factory. We can't just ramp up the production and have more eggs tomorrow. So there's a lot of understanding of, of our production methods and, and what farming today really looks like that we had to help some people through. So do consumers, do they get concerned or they ask questions about how much handling these eggs have been through? Are they like, you know, touched by human hands or, or you know, what would be the potential contamination risk? Do you get a lot of questions on that? You know, we haven't gotten a ton of questions about it. We've gotten some though. And and I think the answer is simply that we, we keep up with food safety in the same ways that we always have. There's really very little handling of the eggs in our operations. We're mostly in line 
where the eggs are transported directly into the processing facility without being handled by people. They make it directly into the cases without being handled by people. We, we really take food safety as one of our absolute top priorities to get fresh, uh, healthy eggs into the carton and then out to the consumer. And there really wasn't any disruption to that by COVID whatsoever. We were able to keep our safe, efficient productions up without issue. And things are getting back to normal, you would say? They are. Yeah, we've seen um, demand has leveled back off a little bit, giving everybody a little bit of time to breathe, thankfully. Uh, maybe, you know, gather ourselves for whatever's coming next in this uh, COVID world. But yeah, it's, it's you know, we, I think we've come out of it. We can't lose our sense of being aware of what's going on and making sure that our people stay safe at home and at work, continuing to do all the things that we need to do. But it is nice that, that at least for the summer, it feels like things will be a little more stable and steady. So beyond the pandemic, what do you see in the future for MPS? Certainly working with this new acquisition is a very exciting opportunity for us. You know, Texas is a market where we've shipped eggs into before, uh, but this is the first time that we've had a footprint there. So it provides a great opportunity to grow and expand in a new region for us. Feathercrest Farms is a great operation, one with a similar multi-generational family history to ours. So one that made for a great cultural fit and just a, a great operation. We're excited to get them on board. So growing with our customers down there, growing with new customers down there, and finding opportunities to put our own stamp on it. I think MPS, we have a lot of new equipment. We have a lot of particular ways that we like to do things, bringing kind of some maybe best-in-class technologies. Uh, it's going to be fun to bring that into that market and see what we can do. So expansion in that way, and then navigating a lot of uncertainties in the egg market over the next four or five years as we reach 2025, when many uh, companies have made commitments to go 100% cage-free by that date. We will continue to monitor consumer demand, continue to try to meet that, uh, and do whatever it is that our customers demand in the run-up to that date. Eggs are a great source of nutrition. So I'm, I'm guessing you folks do a lot on the community side in terms of feeding the hungry or participating in food bank programs. We do, yeah. We're, we're able to help out in a few different ways, and it's, it's such an important thing. Just recently, with the onset of COVID, we recognized that a lot of kids were getting sent home, sent home where there will be more mouths to feed in lieu of school meals or nutrition that they might be getting elsewhere, and we wanted to help. So we got in touch with the schools to see how we could do that and found out that they would be distributing meals to each family uh, once a week. So we coordinated with them to send a dozen eggs home with each one of those families each week, just to give a little extra protein, a little extra nutrition with all those extra mouths to feed. We were so glad to be able to do it. And the school was a great partner to do that as well. We got a lot of uh, great assistance out of that team and they did a phenomenal job keeping people fed. And uh, once again, like everybody, navigating a really challenging situation. That was a real pleasure to be able to help the local community like that. Any words of wisdom for a young person coming into the industry? I hope they have a good crystal ball coming into the industry. <laughs> it's, it's such a unique time for our industry in terms of all the challenges we face from new states laws that are mandating particular types of production, these retailer commitments that I spoke about a little bit, shifts in consumer demand. You know, an egg is an egg is an egg, but it's, it's a very interesting and unique market that we're in right now. It's a great industry, though, to be honest. I mean, there, there are a lot of people who have spent a lot of years dedicated to this uh, industry. It's a great one to work in, and, and I'm certain that we'll all navigate the next few years effectively. Our thanks to Sam Krause, Vice President of Business Development at MPS Egg Farms, for his look at what the future may hold for the shell egg industry. And thanks to Feedstuffs editor Sarah Muirhead for guiding the discussion. 
You can read our ongoing coverage of COVID-19 and related agriculture market challenges in the pages of Feedstuffs and by subscribing to the Feedstuffs daily e-newsletter. And thanks again to our sponsor for this episode, Hogslat and Georgia Poultry. New for 2020, the Classic Pullet Feed Pan. Built to handle the most aggressive birds, the Classic Pullet features an anti-rotation clip, feed shutoff slide, and shallow divided pan. Learn more at hogslat.com. I'm Andy Vance, and you've been listening to Feedstuffs In Focus. If you want to hear more conversations about some of the big issues affecting the livestock, poultry, grain, and feed industries, subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Google, or you can check out our website, feedstuffs.com, for future episodes. Until next time, have a great day, and thanks for listening.